0: Welcome to Hammer Down. My name is Mike Bush. I'm the Chief Growth Officer over at CDL 1000. And this is uh, a podcast aimed at supply chain professionals. I'm delighted today to be joined by Justin Martin, uh, who oversees social media for the Freight Waves team and spent 15 years also as a driver. Justin, what's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing? I appreciate you joining me, man. So I, uh, you know, walk me a little bit through your journey, Justin. I'm a little confused as to how you went from I'm a truck driver with a sense of humor to I'm running all social media for a publication and, and data data player like, like FreightWaves.
1: Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so back in 2007, I was just working retail in South Florida. I was working at Publix, actually, of all places. And I had a friend who promised me a job up in New York, of all places. And turns out he was lying the whole time. But I had already quit my job and packed my bags and everything, and I had nowhere to go. So I reached out to my dad, and I was like, what do you recommend? Because I got nothing. I... I didn't go to college i had no degree no nothing i basically just had a high school diploma and a driver's license and uh he and my mom a few years prior uh were driving team for schneider for about a year and he was like well why don't you try truck driving So i was like okay and kind of worked my way through that uh i was with them for two year, a year and a half paid off my cdl school debt and then uh, went back to florida and it was like right in the middle of the, the the great recession like nobody was hiring I, um, I found a guy on Craigslist. I drove a truck for him for a few months. Uh, he owned one truck, I drove the other and tried to get paid. I went from basically like a big mega carrier to like a small owner operator. So going from one extreme to the other and uh, trying to get paid by him was like pulling teeth. Um And then I was working at Target of all places. Um They told me like when I was interviewing, they're like, you can either work, Um they, they use different terms for everything. It was called dry flow. They're like, you can either work dry flow or you work freezer if you work at Freezer, you won't get laid off after the holidays are over. So I said, okay, I'll do that. I uh, did that for a few months. And then this dream job just like fell into my lap. Um, I went to high school with this guy, Ryan. His dad was driving for a company hauling military freight. And uh, he needed a, co- a new co-driver. The guy he was driving with wanted to split up and drive with his wife. So his dad needed a new co-driver. And uh, we met at a bar in Palm Beach, Florida. Had a couple beers. He told me about the job. And I said, this sounds... Way too good to be true. I'm not qualified for any of this stuff. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine. It's fine. You just fill out the application, pass the security clearance, and you're good to go. And yeah, I did that for four years. And that was, as far as driving, that was about as good as it gets as, as far as a driving driving job. No no touch freight. You don't even look at the trucks while they're loading and unloading you. Uh, I drove with him for two years, and then I brought my dad on with me because he was looking to get back into driving again. And then um, after a few years of that, it was kind of like getting towards the end of my like OTR career. I was like, okay, it's time to settle down, you know, put down some roots. And I had some friends in Philadelphia that offered me a room up there. So I moved to Philly in this was 2014 now. Um, and I uh, bounced around from a couple of driving jobs in Philadelphia. And then um, I was working as a mail contractor uh, for the uh, postal service. And I uh, did that for three years. And then I, I kept applying, at the post office to try and work there and finally got approved. And so my last driving career was uh, with the postal service. I was there for five years. I was pretty much set for life. I mean, I had benefits, retirement, everything all paid off or paid, you know, potentially in the future. And then uh, at work one day, I saw a tweet by Dooner, who was uh, from Freightways, And he was like, hey, are you a truck driver? Are you good with social media? And can you edit videos? And I was like, that kind of sounds like me. So I just applied on a whim, and he's like, "You're perfect. You're hired. Come, come work for us." And so, yeah, I've been at Freightwave since uh, uh, April 20, 20, uh, 2021
0: now. One of the reasons I was thrilled to have you as a guest uh, on, on the show is is that you had attended a uh, cryptocurrency a- event recently, and I saw you mm-hmm. and a bunch of the bunch of the fellows from from Freight Twitter or Freight X all seem to be on site. Where does crypto fit into the world of trucking here?
1: So that was like such a fish out of water experience for me because like i've been following bitcoin for a while i I know like just enough about crypto to kind of like have surface level conversations but that was the first time i ever went to a space where i'm like oh everybody here is like really young really driven they have all these ideas but like not a lot of like concrete on the ground kind of stuff it was a lot of it was like just super ethereal like kind, kind of like art projects so to speak um, I was there to host a panel with these guys from a company called Chuck coin swap. And what they're basically trying to do is, um, make factoring cheaper and more streamlined for carriers. So like if you broker a load for somebody and you need to get paid, your options are either, you know, wait 30 days to get the, to get the full money or use quick pay or some kind of factoring company. And then they take based on what your credit is anywhere from, you know, three to 5% off the gross. And if you're doing that with every load for like a year, that's like 35% of your income uh, at the end of the year. So when we when we went in there, it was kind of cool because like all these people were telling us like these products that we're doing. And when they ask us what we're there to represent, we tell them about supply chain stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, like we never even like considered, you know, the possibilities of, you know, connecting all this stuff together. So, yeah, there's there's tons and tons and tons of like untapped potential in this space right now.
0: OK, gotcha. So I'm going to I'm going to divide blockchain and crypto in, in this discussion, right? Because blockchain was mm-hmm. the technology back end that we've tried a couple of times. It seems like it would make sense because you have so many disparate uh, organizations touching freight. But ultimately, mm-hmm. because standardization is really hard, even, you know, Marisk wasn't able to drive trade lens adoption the way I think that they wanted to. So we've sort of seen blockchain as an as an industry fallout here. But your point about crypto as a way to both engage and possibly overcome some of the factoring issues is really easy or really interesting. What would you say are kind of the big barriers to adoption for crypto becoming even more important within the supply chain space or within the the, the transportation space?
1: Most, mostly just ease of use and like being able to tell people how it works, because a lot of it is like, well, you got to set up a wallet account and, you know, use five different websites, this, this, and that. Um, like you said, there's no standardization right now. Um even even the term the, the blockchain ledger, different companies have different their own different things. Like there was one called a Hyper Ledger. Uh, there was a guy from F- FedEx is actually like really big uh, into this space right now. They're trying all kinds of different things. Mastercard, I know they have their own thing. So there there are big companies um, with big war chests right now dipping their toes
0: in to see what they can do. Okay, so why would why would a company like Mastercard be looking one at logistics, but two also at like. Alternate forms of payment. What, what what do you think is the the speculation there? Vol-
1: volume, because if you have um, lots of carriers and lots of brokers using you for their factoring, and you're taking one percent off of you know every one of those transactions, that's that's a lot of transactions right
0: there. Got it. Okay, cool. So, are you a crypto believer? Do you think crypto is here to stay, or is this just a, a fad like Beanie Babies, where a bunch of Guys with neck beards trained a computer to play Sudoku in order to trade Monopoly money for prostitutes, cocaine, and cartoon apes.
1: That yeah, it's it's tough because I I'm I'm 40. I just turned 40 in August, and I'm I I feel like a 40 year old in 19 in the year like 1992, like when the internet first came around. It was so new and so like untapped. But like most people that were. 40 at the time we're like oh this is a fad you know we got fax machines everything's working fine and then boom you got amazon you know just a few years later you know just just booting up um a lot of the young people that we were talking to it, it kind of felt like all this stuff that they're embedded in right now is just going to be they're like you're not even going to talk about it in, the, in, the, in a few years like blockchain ledgers all that stuff it's just it's going to be so behind the scenes running everything that it's just like nobody uses HG, HTTPS, whatever to like spell out a website anymore. Now it's just Yahoo.com or Bing.com or whatever. So it's it's like all these fundamental background things that are like moving everything behind the scenes that like, as long as it works, nobody really talks about it.
0: Okay. Is that sort of, is it fair to say you're seeing a parallel between like blockchain slash crypto and maybe RSS, the, the, the super simple syndication solution yeah. that, that kind of the plumbing of the, of the the yep. internet now. So you're seeing yeah, potentially yeah. like like cryptocurrency is the plumbing of, of our of our infrastructure. I love that. I love that approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and just just like how in the beginning there there was all these different protocols and stuff that like popped up and, and fizzled out, you're going to see that with crypto too. I think I think right now you're going to see a thousand flowers bloom, maybe ninety-nine percent of them die off. And then, then the few that stick around are the are the ones that are going to reap the benefits of um, just doing a better job of of making things easier for people gotcha
0: one question i I try to ask uh, guests is you know if, if i were to give you a magic wand to solve one problem in supply chain what what uh what's the issue you would tackle
1: oh man um subsidies subsidies for large carriers right now that is that is like my if i had a flaming sword and I could just like slash you know all the dead wood off off of uh, the supply chain right now that would be number one this this whole push of like driver shortage narratives and all that that was you know 16 years ago when i went to truck driving school that was the case back then but i kind of understood it as well that you so i'll give you an example like when i went to truck driving school there were i've told this story many times there were 76 of us in in the class and uh, over two weeks only 16 of us passed and got our cdls Um, just in the first two days like half the people quit and then after the two weeks you go home for a few days, you get a rest, then you go back on the road with, with a training engineer for another two weeks. Within a year, I was the only person still in the trucking industry. Not that i like, had quit and gone to work for someone else. Everybody else just straight up quit trucking. And that was you know back in 2007. And it's still the case today. Much of what's happening in trucking right now is a turnover issue, not a shortage. And I think once companies realize that they can no longer rely on a never-ending supply of like fresh meat coming in they need to like really hunker down and do some soul searching and, th- and think, okay, what is it that we're doing that's like chasing people out the door? And that, and that would solve
0: so many problems, I believe. Okay. So Justin, I have this working theory that most of the people that work in supply chain have gotten it in two ways. They either say one, I fell into it, or two, I'm a family legacy. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that 80 to 90% of folks in the industry fall into one of those two buckets. Um, it's great, it's a great way to attract people but it also leads to a lot of inertia, right? Like it's the same way we've always done things because that's the way we all learn. Um, if, if you were, uh, if you were talking, let's say at like U- university of Southern California and giving a speech of to a, to a room full of supply chain, potential supply chain practitioners, what advice would you give a bunch of kids that are are thinking about entering the industry?
1: Mm, that's a tough one. Cause it's, it's such a big open. So uh, a good friend of ours, Blythe, um, she runs a podcast called everything is logistics. And that really is, kind of you know it's it's a great title because literally everything is logistics um i talked to to a lot of like software guys and i tell them like stop going into like the the bitcoin cyber crypto spaces looking to like sell jpegs under the table look try to try to go for guys that are like literally moving the world like you could you could be writing software right now um that could absolutely change how truck drivers are interacting with brokers you know on a daily basis um also, if if you want to get into uh, trucking, you don't really even need a degree for that. Um, but definitely, if you're if you're going to go into the supply chain space, talk to guys on the ground because it's it's really you. You could come up with the greatest piece of software ever, but unless you're able to like put it in language that the people that are going to be using it understand, it's it's a really hard sell.
0: Got it. So so starting out as a non-tech guy or starting out as a tech guy or tech girl coming into the industry without a whole lot of knowledge, maybe that $100 million round of funding and multi-billion dollar valuation isn't such yeah. a good thing right off the bat.
1: Yeah. And what's what's cool too about, you know, trucking and supply chain and stuff is just about, you know, like, whenever I talk to people I've never met, and I, I mentioned that I'm a truck driver, they almost always say, oh, my dad was a truck driver, or my uncle's a truck driver, or I, everybody knows somebody who's a truck driver. So if you have an idea or something that you want to pitch to them, it's not that hard to like find somebody and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And you tell them your plan and then be, be prepared to be crushed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally true. Totally true. And, and yeah. I've never met a driver who was subtle about his feelings or, or you know, unwilling no, to share no. the, the way he really felt, which is pretty great.